Hey, I'm Don Amaro, and this is Through the Fire, a podcast about overcoming adversity, reframing misfortune, and celebrating courage. On this show, you're going to meet some really incredible people who have been through some heavy stuff, but they've come through the other side. And the hope is that you're encouraged and inspired by the words that you hear. Hey, Jessica, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Don? I am doing very well. I am very busy, busier. That I, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm taking on too many things, it seems. But, but I'm happy and I'm healthy and I'm, I won't complain. Hi, Jessica Mitchell. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Don Amaro? <laughs> I'm I'm doing all right. You have one of those names too. I think that kind of is it. Is people have to say two names? Are you, is that the way? Because people often just call me Don Amaro. They don't just call me Don. It's always the both together. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I feel like everybody does do that. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. Well, Jessica Mitchell, here's the thing. So I don't know if you know this. So I've been a big fan of your music for uh, probably about five ish years now. Uh, a friend of mine kind of turned me on to your stuff and. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I was at my manager's house, Lori Brown, listening to mm-hmm. your album one night, mm-hmm. uh, being beautifully uh, ruined by some of the songs. Uh, <laughs> and, beautifully and, ruined. Yeah. That sounds like my life. <laughs> Just kidding. But I mean, I mean, you write from this place that's really like like emotional and, and, and you feel it. Like, I mean, you, you've got one of those voices that for me, I feel the soul and so I, I, I should know the track, but I remember I was listening and I, I now just be with, bear with me when I say this. I remember saying out loud to myself, I hate that song. Now, now hold on. I didn't mean that I hated it. What I, what was happening was it brought up all these emotions in me that I was like, oh, it's uncovering this, this feeling for me that, um, mm-hmm. and it's, it wasn't, it was like, I love the song so much that it's making me feel these things. Um, and so I actually wrote a song uh, after listening to your album one night called I Hate That Song. <laughs> but... Really? It sounds insulting, I know, but you have to hear the song. So I would love to hear it. The song is all about loving the song so much. Uh, but what, what, what it is, is it's, it's about a relationship that's no longer in existence. So it's, that song always brings you back to that relationship. And for whatever reason, it's no longer to get, they're no longer together. Like either the person left or they died and sort of like there's, there's a question mark there for open to interpretation for the listener. But your music has always inspired me in so many ways. And it's just, it, it now as I'm saying it to you, I feel like it's a weird way for me to say that I wrote a song based on your music called I Hate That Song. No, I don't. I actually, no, I take that as a compliment. Like for sure. I think um, in many ways, um, and I think like, I'm sure we'll get into it, but in the last few years, there's been a lot of self-reflection in terms of like content of, uh, of songs and, uh, places that you go and places that you take others to, uh, when you, when you put that out into the world. And oddly enough, like, you know, to, to inspire those sorts of things, I, think it sort of means I'm doing my job a little bit, you know, because mm. those are the in terms of like opening things up to interpretation. Uh, I've tried really hard to keep things as sort of neutral as possible. Um, and it while still being incredibly personal, like it's always been a very personal journey for me songwriting. So uh, so I, I don't, I don't look at that as like an insult. I look at that as a huge compliment because it means that I did what I was intending to do by, uh, by making people feel things. I would love to let, li- right. I'm going to go listen yeah, yeah. to it. 
And it's going to freak me out a little bit. I'll be like, oh, this this is about me. This is great. Yeah. Uh, two other things that I feel like I need to mention to you. One, you've got the kind of music that like, you ever listen to an album where you kind of only listen to two or three cuts because you're like, those are my favorite songs and I don't listen to the rest. Uh-huh. Your Yours is the kind of music that I want to listen to the whole thing. And, and like, like, there's a few Thank artists you. in my life that I listen to that I'm like, they can't release a bad song. Um, and you're one of them. Like every song that you've ever put out Thank that you. I've ever listened to, I'm like, it's, a, it's always amazing and it's always getting better somehow. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing is I was there when you played your show in London last year at, during the CCMAs. And I was- Oh, you were? I was there, yep. And, and I, was, I was blown away by how well your songs translate to, to live. Because even in, in the produ- production side of it, you know, you've got other elements, but it was just you and your guitar. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't miss a thing. It was, it was yeah. wonderful. Those are scary shows, man. Especially, you know, the last couple of years, things being so isolated and so uh, idle, I guess. Mm. Idle is a yeah. really good word you know, getting onto a stage again, uh, is intimidating. It it was really intimidating, especially, you know, mentioning the whole, it's just you and your guitar thing. I mean, that, that I think is even more terrifying (laughs) is like getting onto a big stage and, you know, in a big, you know, empty sort of cavernous room where you feel like you're the only person in the room, even though there's people in there. Um, cause you sort of have to feel that way. Like you sort of have to just pretend like you're sitting alone, uh, just playing your music. Cause I, I mean, uh, the anxiety level is like here for those things now. And, and, you know, since then it, it you know, I played uh, a couple of shows, uh, and, you know, it felt better, you know, like it, I think it, it's going to feel better the more that, that we do it. And I say we because I know it's everyone. It's not just me. Everybody's kind of getting back into the swing of things now. So like um, it'll it'll get better the, the more that time passes. And it's like practice. It's like riding a bike. You just have to totally. do it, you know, just a few more times. Well, the, 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 for me, I think the one thing I often feel is like totally, cause I, I've been on this tour the last little while and, and I'm the opening, opening guy. So I'm opening the show, just me and my guitar. And I often feel like the word that comes to mind is so exposed and vulnerable, right? Like just being like, oh, yeah. there, you can't hide if it's just you and your Naked. guitar, there's no hiding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nude. I think, you're in the nude. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's the scary, it can be the scariest thing. And the thing is, is that's been my life for like right. seven, eight years, you know, like, right. Uh, I, it's all I've ever really known when I play with a band, actually, I have more of a anxious moment of like, oh my God, I have other people and they have Mm. to rely on me and I have to rely on them. It's like, at least you have the freedom to expose yourself in the way that you want to, you know, (laughs) like that sounds bad, but it's, it's kind of true. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. Right. It's not, it's not dictated by yeah. an audience. It's sort of all together. You get, yeah. to, you get, can, can gel together. Um, mm. I wanted to ask you just because I don't know enough about it, but where, where did music start for you? Like, where did that, that journey begin? From a young age, um, like everybody, you know, sitting in rooms, writing poetry and, you know, really absorbing the, the musical culture that was happening in the nineties. Mm. Uh, I'm old. Mm. I was there. I'm there with you. Yeah, yeah. I know. 90s was it's my weird. Was my, what yeah. happened? What happened to us? Um, but yeah, you know, like the culture of the 90s and the whole singer songwriter era of you know chick power and 
and, you know, share the Sheryl Crows and the jewels and all that stuff. And, you know, I got very, very sort of into that along with, you know, the harder stuff, you know, the tools and the nine inch nails and, you know, all that Mm. kind of thing. But, um, I mean, like, you know, my dad taught me a couple chords on the guitar, which was really cool uh, of him. And I just sort of took it from there. Mm. And, uh, you know, in my room playing music by myself and writing poetry. And I had a very rough uh, teenage sort of I don't even want to say upbringing because Mm. I brought myself up, uh, I think, um, to the. Mm to no fault of my parents whatsoever. It was just uh, wild and free, you know, and yeah. making really bad mistakes and, um, you know, mental illness and all this stuff. So, uh, and I and I think it made it for the better, to be honest, in the long run. I think uh, I'm glad that I experienced a lot of the things that I did when I was a kid because I think it did grow my music uh, to a place that... Um, I was really excited about, you know, in my early 20s and when I moved to Toronto and and things just went from there. And I think between bartending and and serving and doing a little odd jobs and playing little open mics and all that stuff, you know, when I lived in when I moved here uh, and then down the line um, professionally, it just kind of fell into place, thankfully. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and so you, you mentioned your folks, your dad taught you some. Was your mom musical as well? She was. Uh, she tried to be. <laughs> <laughs> she loved music. She loved it. I, I was very lucky to be raised by two parents who who absolutely loved music right. and not and not shitty music like right. they loved good music. So I, I got to listen to all these really incredible singer songwriters and bands and things growing up that. Do you have some names uh, that come to mind? Yeah. Like, I mean, Peter Gabriel and Joni Mitchell and Neil Young and, you know, the Stones. My mom was a Stones girl, not a Beatles girl. So I wasn't raised on the Beatles. Right. Uh, Rolling Stones were raised on the Beatles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was raised on the Stones. Um, you know, the Eagles, like it, the list could go on Fleetwood Mac. You know, the, I, I was just very lucky, very, very fortunate to to be exposed to that music. Um, right. Did from, I get that wrong? Maybe the time. Stones, maybe the Stones were pre-Beatles and the Beatles were inspired by the Stones. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Are maybe we going to get that wrong? <laughs> Listen, I got to Google this there's later. Probably, there's probably musicologists somewhere that are, that are that are sitting in a room like arguing about that. Maybe. I'm sure. The early years of of music, I think in general, like people could argue for days upon days about who's this and who did what and who's responsible for influencing that person. And Mm -hmm. that's the beauty of music. It's the beauty of how much music exists uh, in the world, which is Mm -hmm. crazy to me even to this day. Like just thinking about the fact that like something was released in 1932, you know, like that's just. Like that was a hundred years ago, almost, you know? So yeah, music's great in that sense. Right. It's a, it's a unifying, unifying thing, but also very, uh, polarizing at the same time, which is kind of interesting. Um, everlasting. Yeah. Everlasting. I like that. Yeah. Um, so I heard that we're coming up on 10 years since your mom's passing. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow. 
Yeah, that's which, you know, again, to me feels like a real privilege to be able to have a conversation with you and, you know, the 10 year anniversary of this. And um, has, has your mom been uh, kind of in your corner throughout all this? I guess I'm wondering when that came in, like if your mom passed 10 years ago, were you already in this as a, as a full time career? Oddly enough, uh, and I, I don't know if I've really told, I've, I mean, I've told bits and pieces of the story, but uh, at the end of her journey, I like to call it, mm-hmm. you know, she had a very long 10 years of having cancer on and mm. off, which is even crazier to think that it was like 10 years of that. And now it's been 10 years of grief. So like mm. two very different things you know, um, but sort of the same at the same time. She was really sick, you know, for, Mm. for, for a while, for, for many months she was in the hospital. And when she passed, it was sort of a, I don't want to say an eye opener because I I don't know if that's fair, uh, but it was a bit of a release, you know, Mm. uh, having her go, uh, only because there were a lot of things that were holding me back for for a while, you know, not just her, but just in general. It was my sort of foot in the door to a whole other world of things that uh, I couldn't do. Uh, you know, I was I worked a lot and it was a good chance for me to step back and to sort of evaluate, OK, what's the next step in my life? Is it just going to or am I going to keep working in a bar or am mm. I going to try and do something, you know? And so very, very fortunately, Slate came into the picture very quickly after mm-hmm. that. Um, and uh, Jim Campbell, me, uh, Jim, Gary, yeah. Derek, yeah. All, all, all of them, you know, like the whole me getting involved with them um, was it was really good timing because mm. it threw myself, it, it allowed me to throw myself into uh, a, another road, you know, throw me down another road. Like, here you go, get in the car, right. go get on a plane, go, you know, and, and put myself into uh, music 100%. Mm. And when that happened, should I have been grieving? Probably. Should I have, you know, sought some counseling or something, probably. Uh, but there's a lot of should I's and could I have's and, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, that whole saying. Mm. It's I just let it happen. I just let it I let it go. And I I mm. let myself really start shimmying down the road of I'm going to professionally do this. It's mm. going to suck for a while and it's going to be hard and it's going to there's going to be a lot of rejection and there was, you know, there still is. So, you know, it's it was it was sort of a silver lining in a I don't want to say a shameful way, because I don't think it's fair to to put a positive spin on on your mother passing away. But it really did change. My life changed after that in more mm. ways than one. And I'm grateful for it. I really am. You know, maybe yeah. it was in some way her her strange way of saying go now and parting gift to you yeah Yeah, like Mm. go and do what you need to do and what you've been meant to do so yeah i i would venture to guess that as a parent myself i got three little ones uh Mm. you know i think for me all i want to do is have my kids feel like they can go out into the world and and feel like like my 
my existence helped them launch into who they're supposed to be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that the last thing I want them to do is sort of sit and wait on me in any way. Right. And so, um, in that respect, I wonder, were you with your mom a lot in those, in that last chapter of her life? Like, were, were you there quite a bit? Yeah, that's the other thing that, that hurts a lot, I think. And something that I've spent a lot of time trying to admit to myself that I wasn't there as much as I should have been. And, um, and that a a lot of regret and a lot of guilt and a lot of things stem from Mm. that to think that, you know, the last few months my mom was sitting in a hospital and I just worked a lot. Yeah. And, and I think she understood that others didn't, but I think she did. I think she got it. And I, and I also think that I looked at the situation rather logically where it was like, you had cancer for a very long time. You were going to die and Mm. there was nothing I could do about that, you know? Um, and, and, you know, not, it wouldn't be fair to say that, you know, other people were dealing with things, uh, in a right or a wrong way. Everyone, deals with those sorts of things in their own way. Yeah. And that's how I dealt with it. You know, that's that was my way of dealing with it. So uh, it it really it really sort of touches me now to know. And and I think I'm a little proud of myself that I can admit that to myself finally. Mm. Um, In terms of in terms of, you know, in relation to that, uh, I haven't written much in the last few years, but the there was a song uh, that I did write, um, in 2020 by myself, kind of sitting at home. And this, this insanity came out of me in 10 minutes, literally, Mm. it was like 10 minutes done. Uh, and I recorded it and I sat and and I sat here for 20 minutes in total silence and it's called uh, The Last Day of Your Life. And it was a, you know, a sort of autobiography about exactly that. Mm. And uh, it was so visceral to mm. see those words on the page and go, holy crap, will I ever release it into the universe? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know if that would be something that people would want to hear or be ready to hear, but also it could, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it could be very healing for someone and it could be very, uh, inspiring for someone to hear that. So, um, I would love to share it, you know, with Mm. people. I just think that it's going to definitely be something that I need. It's the most personal song I've ever written. Right. For sure. Right. You know, there's some similarities yeah. in what you're saying too about, you know, with, with my dad, um, he passed away about six and a half years ago now at 57, pretty young. Um, but he was a, I'm he was a ter- 54. I'm sorry. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's too young for our folks. It's way um, too young. But my dad was a terrible smoker. And by that, I mean, he was a great smoker. He smoked a lot all the time. And so that, that's really, <laughs> he was good really at smoking. Did. He was very good at smoking. <laughs> good. Um, he, uh, Sorry but to you know, light, but yeah. no, no, it's honestly, I think that's partly how we get through sometimes, you know, and oh, 100%. Um, but I, I, I definitely was not there a lot for, I mean, his, his was a sudden, like, like didn't wake up one morning, kind of was like, went to bed, 
we, he wasn't in a hospital. There was no like signs. It was just like, I'm sorry, you know, and, and the, the weekend that he passed, he was, uh, we were supposed to get together on Friday night. It didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, and then on Saturday he, I said, you know, what about today? He said, Oh, Barb, my stepmom, she'd come down with a cold, probably not good. And the next morning she called saying he was gone. And it was so, th- that sits with me big time. The other thing is maybe, uh, I, maybe we should write a song together someday. Maybe this, maybe this is off the podcast, but I, I remember I picked yeah. up my, so about a year after he passed, my, my mom said, can you come get this old guitar? It was, it was a piece of garbage guitar. It's not a great guitar, but he said, your dad had this kicking around and I picked it up and I, and I, and I had it in my hands and I put it in the trunk of my guitar and the, and I said to myself out loud, I said, I wonder if dad left any songs behind in here. And it just took me down this path of like the songs you left behind. Cause my dad was a player. He's a you know, bluegrass singer, songwriter. And, um, and I just thought that is such a cool thing um, that I'm, I've been chasing for years, the songs that he left behind. I still haven't mm-hmm. figured out what that song is, but I think for, for, for us as artists, you know, it's always like honoring, honoring where we come from, whether it was good or bad in some ways and trying to keep that presence of mind even today as we, as we do what we do and create the way we create. Yeah. And, you know, I think some music needs to be written by yourself. And there are some words that you can only say. Right. That's also another thing that I've been thinking a lot about because I've spent the bulk of my time, my songwriting time, like writing with other people. Right. And I kind of don't want to write like, you know, like I think like for whatever reason, like I'm having this strange, it's also the whole Zoom age thing, you know, like when we all (laughs) moved into the whole like virtual songwriting era, I tried it a couple times. It wasn't for me. Not the same. Yeah. It's, it's not even that it's not the same. It's just, I think like when you write as personally as, as some of us do, it's, it's really hard to convey the, the emotions that you are trying to convey when you're explaining a situation. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's like all I do. It's like the energy of the room and the energy of the, of the chemistry of, of your songwriting partners um, it has to come from a place of of physical contact for me. And so I think that's why I've di- I've really taken a dive into going back to my roots, so to speak, you know, the whole mm. roots thing of <laughs> I used to write songs in my bedroom, you know, like I, right. I'm really trying. I'm trying to do that. It's creatively. I've just been so drained, I think, Um and I don't know if it's because I don't really want to sit down and write the most depressing thing I've ever written because it, 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 it I feel like that's where that's going to go. But I, I, I'm also trying to find the insightful, the philosophical side of me, so to speak, uh, where you really dig into like the meaning of things, mm. you know, like what's the meaning of this that happened and and thinking about past experiences and and trying to dissect them maybe mm, and in a yeah. different way rather than just saying you broke my heart and everything sucks and here's a song about you know uh, my ex-boyfriend you know like it's I can't I can't do that anymore mm. I don't think so find but finding the path has been really difficult for me growing into, you know, going into my 40s and because I'm going into my 40s soon. And it's it it is actually something that you think about. It's something that you think about. Like, do I want to 
put things out into the world that are a little more my age gap, I guess. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, and not that's not a dig on young people, although I do scream get off my lawn a lot uh, to, to kids. <laughs> but um, I also was like, you know, at the Kendrick Lamar show, like not too long ago, like literally screaming out almost every single word uh, right, to right. to every song, you know, like it's uh I just think that music nowadays like comes from such a young place and I, mm. and it, not all of it, but a lot of it. And so it, because attention spans are like this yeah. now, right? It's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's like, like this, there's two minute songs and you're I like, know. huh? Like I can't write a two minute song. Right. I don't even know what that looks like. That's like (laughs) that's like me just sitting there very emotionally playing the piano without even saying a word, you know, like. um, But is there a market for that? You know, and so the business person in me, you know, like the little the little bit of business person that's left is like, how do I navigate this? Right. On that front, you know, it's interesting. So a couple of things that come to mind is, is, is I think, especially in the genre of country music, because that's, I, I'm, I'm existing there. And, but I, but I'm, you know, I'm also like singer, songwriter, roots, country, pop, soul guy. Like it's all in there for me. And I, and I feel like that's part of it. But the part of it that I think is, is funny about this scene, the country scene sometimes is like, it's very rare when you see one writer on a song. And I think, I think what we need to do is give each other permission to just say, you can write a song by yourself and it doesn't, you don't need to have other writers. And the other thing is, is yeah. we're also artists. Like we, yeah. we have to feel the words we're saying. And so, and a writer just goes, oh, that's not hooky. But it's like, I don't care about the hooky as much as I feel about, have a, care about feeling. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. So I have to be careful with my response here because I don't want to offend. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't, you know, but I think like having spent uh, having spent some time um, in that world, uh, it wasn't it's not for me. Uh, I think that like you can exist in any world that you want to uh, as long as people will have you. And uh, and yeah, like, I mean, look. The formula of that genre, particularly, is uh, it it works. It works for what it works for. And I think that uh, they've been very, you know, lucky to to learn the formula and mosey on along uh, kind of through the formula. And artists tend to go with the formula because they it because it's a fun formula. It's super Mm -hmm. fun. I've done it. And I liked it. And but I think like you grow up every once in a while and you have to Mm -hmm. say, okay, like I want to do this now, you know, but you can also really lose yourself in that and and forget that your voice and your thoughts and your your story matters. And and if you don't go there, too, then you end up becoming an older person without really having said your own thing. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's a beautiful thing. I I actually uh, I think like my most favorite part about the last few years was watching some of my best friends grow. Mm. 
in that mm. formula. And right. uh, and I try, you know, like, as you know, I'm sure most people know I'm a very opinionated person. Um, I've grown up a lot, though, you know, in the last few years, like a hard look in the mirror was really necessary. And I did it. And I and I grew up and I found myself, you know, enjoying watching the rides of others, mm. you know, like Kelly Prescott getting to her place. And Andrew, finally, for some reason, why mm. it took this long, I don't even yeah. want to talk about it. Finally winning a CCMA when he should have right. won it, you know, seven years ago. Like, it's right. just it's just like it's been really great to see these people, you know, really sort of like find their way. And um, and it also was a bit of an eye opener because you're like, OK, uh, that's not for me, you know, mm -hmm. like and that's OK. It's OK to say that, you know, yeah, where totally. where I'm going to land. I don't know, but it doesn't mean that I don't want to write with those people. It doesn't mean that I don't want to contribute to the, the amazing things that are happening in their career, because there's a lot of really brilliant up and coming country artists who deserve the chance. And I think they also should uh, continue to remain themselves and not get maybe lost in that formula. Yeah. But it's hard because like you want to enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed the crap out of it. It was amazing to have people tell you that you're amazing. It's amazing. Right. You know, it's it's great to tell you. It's such a good feeling. You hear it, right? You're like, oh, you're so good. Mm. And it's like, oh, my God, I am. Right. But the, the but problem it also, is. Yeah, the yeah. problem is when you when when your value of you is reliant on the the acceptance of the charts, the you know the airplay, the whatever. It's yeah. it, we, our value sometimes gets stuck on that. And I think that yeah. the, the risk for for any up and like I'm I'm 42, I've and I signed a record deal relatively late in life um, mm -hmm. to MDM, and and I think for me like I was pretty solid in my foundation of who I am and and who I was at the time and who I'm and and again even more mm -hmm. refined as each year goes by of like. I'm not going to do that. That's not me. But there yeah. are 20 year olds getting into the scene that like that get eaten up and consumed by it because they think they're supposed to measure up to whatever yeah. the direction of the of the scene is. They don't have do. the luxury of knowing who they are yet, right. I think, is yeah. the issue. And yeah. and that and th but that's growing up. That's life. That's like I didn't know who I was at 20. Mm -hmm. Who did? Totally. Who does? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I think it's very rare, like maybe Billie Eilish does. But that's because she's has the most incredible people around her, you know, but like right. I I think like just nowadays it, it's hard to it's not even just in country. But I think like I think that this this the solitude of the last three years has actually been a positive thing for me, even though it was extremely dark, very dark mm. Um it, it's been good because it it forced me to sit and it forced me to it forced me to like I'm trying to find the right word just to sit I guess to just to sit with myself and mm. think about what I want and out of this career mm. uh, you don't really get it. You don't I don't think that anyone really knows uh, how it feels to be like here and then here overnight, mm. you know, and yeah. it's partially my fault. I think it is partially my fault because I didn't continue to create and I didn't continue to to work. And I, I stopped. I just stopped. I was like, OK, do I even want right. to do this anymore? You know, right. but I do. 
I do want to still do this. I just mm. want to find a different way to do it. Mm. And the limbo is the hardest part, I think. Right. For sure. Well, you know, good on you for like yeah. when you say it was a really dark time, like that could be a time when when a life could really go off the rails or or your life oh, could did. go into. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess oh, I mean, it did. You're still here. You're still, you're still, to me, uh, from my perspective today, uh, you're, 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 you're here living, breathing, fighting for the next thing, the next season, the next chapter, whatever's coming up in your life. And I think, you know, like I've, I've mentioned this before in the podcast and I had my friend Rob Nash as a guest and he, I remember I toured with him for a while and he would often say like, if you're going through hell, don't stay there. Somebody on the other side needs your story. And when I listen to your music, uh, I feel like you're sharing those pieces of like, not every song, but but a lot of it is pretty like I would say comes from a broken heartedness feeling. I mean, that's that's the vibe I get. And I feel like what you're doing is you're sharing that that fire you've been through. Again, this is through the fire. Um, but I, I feel like I feel like there's so much beauty in that when we can share our brokenness yeah. with other people and 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 in, in, inspire that way because somebody on the other side does need your story. Um, and and I think right now when you're talking about the season you've been through, um, I feel like again, maybe this is a bad analogy, but you're like, a, you're like a, a, you know, about to come out of a cocoon in some way. And, and again, no pressure to do anything, but like, but I feel like there's this beautiful Stop pressuring beauty me. in that. Yeah. So when's the next single? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ryan Seacrest. No, but um, whatever that looks like. I don't know what it looks like. That's the craziest thing is it's like, I, you know, have conversations with my manager and we've, you know, check in with each other every once in a while. And he's the beautiful part about all of it is that he has never once like been like, you have to do this. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and I actually remember telling him a little while back and I said, you know, maybe I do need you to kick my ass a little bit or I won't, you know, but like he he still it it's just it's just such a such a relief to not feel that because I feel like if I did, then I would just, I would have put out a shitty record by now. Yeah. That didn't mean anything. It didn't, here you go. Here's the second record. Like it's also going to like, I've only made one record. Right. And maybe I'm going to be one of those people who only puts out a record every like, you know, nine years, like maybe, no, that's not the case, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to I don't want to reference Adele, but, you know, that's what that's what she does. And mm -hmm. rushing it can be bad sometimes. Totally. You know, you end up with really crap music. And if if I don't want to go out on stage too and play songs that I don't care about. Absolutely. I hear you for sure. So also I'm on drugs now, which is weird. You know, like it, that's another thing. Now, when you say that you're meaning medication. Yes, medication. <laughs> I avoided that shit for 20 years. Oh, I okay. said no right. several times. I did not believe in it. It was like, I, I'm okay. I'm fine. I can do, I can deal with it on my own. And for the most part, I could until I couldn't. That's interesting. This, this has come so, up in, in my home here actually recently. Yeah. About, about me. For me, it's ADHD. No shame. And it's never, it's never been shame. I think I, I literally, I was talking to my wife yesterday about this and, and saying how, uh, you know, for me, I feel like there's nothing wrong. How could I need something? And for and for for her, she's like, yes, but what if you did? And you like you see some light on the other side. It's like, I, I suppose so, right? That that I 
that maybe I'm not even recognizing I'm in some sort of cloud of something, you know? You kind of don't. That's the thing. I mean, I did because I've dealt with some form of like depression since I was like 13. So right. like when when things are bad, they're bad. But mm. when you throw doomsday anxiety on top of that, along with like an idle career and, you know, just like nothingness and not wanting to get into out of bed in the morning for two years, it's like, it, something's got to give, you know? And I think mm. that was one of the best decisions I've probably mm. ever made for myself. It really, it, it changed everything. So is this medication in the last year, two years? Six months I've been on Six it. Six months, and okay. I, I'm a different person. It's the craziest mm. thing. Like the clarity, I think, is the most- Interesting. Sort of- prominent revelation, like being able to think clearly, not be, mm. being angry all the time, you know, like actually going to sleep at night. Like it's, it's just such a, there's such a stigma still there is. And I'm sure you've had mm. this conversation with some of your other guests about like the stigma around mental health. And it's like, there is no stigma. If there's, if there's anything Every single person in the last three years was depressed in some way, shape or form mm. because that's what that's what the pandemic did to us. So there shouldn't be a stigma anymore because the person who who blamed others for those weird things that they were feeling like you're fine. Just go for a run, uh, you know, call go for a coffee, you know, like get out of the house. It's like you're going to be OK. It's like, no, there's literally you can't. It doesn't work mm. like that, you know. Right. Like depression yeah. and anxiety and those things don't work like that. You're hardwired to feel that way. Well, and I think I think the same thing with like 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 mental health, like it is something that we are all a part of, whether we know it or not. And I think about this like like physicality, for instance, like we, we say we have to maintain a certain amount of physical fitness in order to, to grow old and be somewhat healthy. And same thing with our minds. Like, like, I think everybody, the, the problem with it for me is like, like people go, oh, mental health, they go, oh, that's, that's, that's that person. But it's like, no, we all have to consider the health of our minds. It's just as important. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, like the pandemic destroyed people in so many ways. It also, you know, helped, it, it helped people as well. I think like really figure out that they needed help. Uh, I'm one of those people, you know, like it, it's very much so like it, it's a double edged sword for sure, where it was like we all sat in we sat in this in this like pool of nothingness for a while and the uncertainty of the future and what, what you know, the fear and like all of those things like, you know, they get thrown into a pot and they boil and then they boil over. And then all of a sudden you're sitting you're sitting there and you're like, oh, crap, I need to do something about this. So I really actually mm. hope that it helped people like I, it helped me for sure. Um, it it may have broken some bridges along the way. And and that's and that's OK. You know, like that's fine with me. I think like I uh, I, I became very non responsive to people and, you know, very shut in. Um, and did nothing but spend time with my boyfriend and my cats and that mm. it, and then I got a, you know what? And then I got a job. I got a job mm. at a pet store and it changed my life. It mm. really, really did having a purpose. 
Is this your first job like outside of the music industry in the last in a 10, long time? Yeah. Long yeah. time. Yeah. And you know what? I friggin love it. I get to hang out <laughs> with dogs all day. It's the right. best. And, so, and, I, so and I'm still going to do bet. it. There yeah. is. It really is. And you know what? I'm still going to do it. I don't even care. Mm. Like, even if like, you know, next week they were like, oh, my God, like, you know, Jason Isbell wants you to open for him on his American tour. I would be like, OK, can I go back to my job after the tour is done? Because like <laughs> it's it's actually very soothing and it's very right. like calming for me to have a purpose. I, I have mm. a purpose again. And and my musical purpose exists still, but it's going right. to be slow growing and it's going to take some time to get back into it. And once it does, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, everyone always jokes with me. Anyone that I've spoken to, they're like, when you finally write something, you're going to write like the best thing you, you've ever written in your life. And I'm like, mm. I'm also probably going to write the most depressing thing I've ever written in my life. But when it happens, I, I hope that it comes out in droves. I really do. Because I I, I'm excited about it. I love a good depressing I song, am. to be honest. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea to put together a 12-song record of depressing <laughs> songs, but we'll see. <laughs> no, but do you know what I think it is? What I think for me, I hear that and I go, somebody is letting something go right now or like li like letting somebody in, in, in the most like intimate spaces of your self. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. And, and, and when I maybe that's why I, I enjoy those those melancholic songs so much because that take you down that road because I feel like there's this element of like I'm seeing something in the artist that's sharing mm -hmm. that you know and it's pretty beautiful yeah that's why I'm uh really excited for Paramore's new record I think ah. it's gonna be angrier than sad but I'm excited <laughs> um okay so I, I I got a sense of what where you're where you're going and and this is not necessarily that we have to kind of dive too deep into this but what are you looking forward to like from here like what's what's your are, do you are, is it just like bedtime tonight or like is it is it tomorrow is it next year is it that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> what am I looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to breathing, man. I'm looking yeah. forward to like, um, I'm, I have this, I don't want to say new outlook on life because I don't think that that's correct. Mm. Uh, but I, I have a bit more of a sense of, of self. Well, you said clarity a while ago too. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm open. I'm, I'm open-minded to the future now, hmm. I think. And um, I mean, I don't want to die. So that's good. That's good. Uh, that's really that's good. a good start. Um, and I think. Was there that, a time when you when you oh, were yeah. in that place? Yeah. Oh, God. So hmm. many times over the years. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and that's the cloud, man. That's the dark cloud that people don't realize. People look at me and, you know, think that I'm this happy, cheery, strong, wonderful person. But at the end of the day, I, I'm I'm not, you know, like mm. when the lights go out and you're by yourself and you start thinking about things and it's not it's it's normal. You know, it you mm. we normalize it, I think. Uh um, we being depressed people, but, uh, mm. it's, it's, a it's, it's really just like a routine thing. Every once in a while it creeps into your head, but that hopefully people have things to uh, look forward to, which I do. And I'm, mm. I'm excited about like what's going to come out musically. I'm excited about like, I like my job and, you know, I'm excited about like, you know, things like relationships improving and, 
Mm. And uh, I'm excited for people. I'm so excited, like, mm. for, you know, the success of the coming success of people that I love. And mm. it's it's just such a really wonderful thing to uh, to see people coming out of this, you know, hanging storm this shit storm of sadness over the last few years and mm -hmm. um and the news and, and the things yeah. and everybody you know like it's just it's too much you know like it's too it's there's too much negativity so uh so i'm in, i'm excited about the positive things i'm going to mm. i'm going to enjoy whatever's to come and and let it happen the way that it's supposed to happen because we don't have control over too much, but we have control over ourselves. I liked your first answer best when you said, I'm looking forward to breathing. I think that's... That, that too. I think yeah, that was sorry. honestly... No, no, it's okay. I just... I, we'll edit all that other stuff out. No, I'm just kidding. No, no I, don't I, I, do that. No, no, I think... I just... I think that sometimes when people ask the question, what are you looking forward to? I think oftentimes people go so far in, in thinking like it has to be this and this. And I love the beauty of just like, I'm happy to be here, you know? Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking forward to to, you know, whatever sort of the next moment provides and brings and, and that I can actually be present in. I think there's so much beauty in that, that it doesn't, and I think maybe the encouragement to the listener is like, maybe you don't have to have, have a big 10 year plan. Maybe it's just like, just be grateful. We all, we woke up and we have another day and the sun is shining and you know what I mean? I think it's yeah that perspective that is so healthy that, um, that we don't have to have the five, that pressure of like, what's the five year plan? I think that's scary for some people, you know? What's the one week plan? I don't even know yeah. what I'm doing next week. Like, I, <laughs> I know don't, there's laundry. I know uh, I got to make some meals. To, I'm going to play <laughs> video games and I'm going to hang out with my cats and I'm going right. to drink coffee and yeah. I'm going to, you know, like just enjoy. Which is all beautiful. Yeah. Like all it's beautiful. A, just friggin' enjoy it, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it's I'm not I'm not 100 percent and I don't know if I ever will be. But right. I know that right now I'm a comfortable 90, mm. you know, and I'm that sounds fine like a good that. place to be. Sounds yeah. like a good place to be. Yeah. 90 percent. The other 10 are just floating in the void somewhere. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, okay I would I would guess that for I mean, I don't know of anybody who's living in the 100, to be honest. I, if, if you do, I mean, that's another maybe wondering yeah, who yeah, I don't know. Tom don't Hanks. Know. But I'm, I'm honestly, I'm so, I'm so grateful uh, that you, you came here and just kind of dived in Thank a little you. bit with me on some of this. And I, this is a conversation I've been, I've been thinking about for a long, okay, long time. Okay, but why though? What makes me like, what, why? I just have so much admiration for your music. And, and, and again, because I hear the music and I go, there's something there that, that I feel a connection to in some ways. Uh, I mean, your, your music unifies people, right. And, and it brings people together and, and, and you let people inside when you do that. And when you write from the place that you do, uh, and, and I'm grateful for that. And I think for me as, as a fan, just as a musical fan, uh, that's a big reason why I wanted to connect with you and, uh, and just get to know you. I think that's, you know, from the silence, I remember being at your show in London and being like, I should Why go didn't talk you to come her. say hi? Well, you were like, I'm running away. I'm going to go hide with my cats. <laughs> mm. I don't even know if you stuck around, to be honest. I think it was kind of like, no. I think you literally disappeared off into the night like Batman. Yeah. So I, and... I am. I am the Batman <laughs> when it comes to shows like it's very. No, like right. even like it's very rare for me to like, you know, hang out. I'm not I'm not a big like go out into the crowd person. Like I right. go to the merch table. That's about it. But like. Yeah. I do my work. I go home. 
So we've never actually met face to face apart from this. No, we haven't. So let's let's make sure that happens in the in the not too distant future. Yeah, I really hope that it does, dude. Like you know, you're. I I have to say, and and since you're dishing out compliments, you have such an outstanding voice in more ways than one. Mm. I just want you to know that, and your your representation uh, of of your person and of your music and of your voice is like very commanding hmm. oh, just so you know that's uh, can, so. can, we, can we get a sound bite of that and just uh, keep yeah. hang on to that <laughs> <laughs> no seriously dude you're super talented so just please keep doing what you're doing as well because we need more people hmm. in in the world uh and in the business so to speak like you so well i will echo that right back at you jessica Thank you. Thank you, Jessica Mitchell, for being here. As I always say, it takes a village to run things here at Through the Fire. And I want to thank my village. Executive producer, Sarah Burke. Administrators, Lori Brown and Alan Grayeyes. Video and audio design by Chris Godry and his team at 44 Films. Feisty creative for their design work. Social media support by Johnson Design Company. And last, but far from least, I want to thank our technical producers, Matt Kundle and Evan Serminski from the Sound Off Media Company. I look forward to sharing more great conversations just like this one on the next Through the Fire. You see the light. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.